From the final phase electric studios, from the first step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw, R&B Car Company are your used car experts. All right, I want to start off with this, this video that went viral. And I got this from uh, the, pol- the Police Tribune. This was in Caledonia, Wisconsin. A Caledonia police chief released body cam videos on Saturday night of a recent traffic stop after one of the vehicle's occupants publicly accused officers of planting evidence in the car. Now, what I find interesting about some of the stuff that's been happening lately, just in general, there's been a lot of folks who have accused the police of planting evidence, of racism, of what have you. They haven't caught on that police have body cameras yet. If you're going to accuse the cops of planting evidence on you, maybe do so when the officers don't have body cams. Or maybe, perhaps, I don't know, perhaps they're just hoping that they didn't turn the body cam on. It does happen. I mean, occasionally that does happen. We have a case about it here in South Bend that nobody will let go. The incident occurred at about 3.22 p.m. on July 21st after police officers stopped a car for going 63 miles per hour in a 45-mile-per-hour zone. Now, if you were to ask me, these cops are being a little stingy. Going 65, or excuse me, going 63, not even going 60, in a 45 is nothing to be pulled over for. All right? You should be allowed to go 63 in a 45. Let's be honest, 45 is just a suggestion, and it's not a good one. (laughs) Caledonia Police Chief Christopher Botch released some body cam video from the stop. It said officers were still reviewing the six hours of footage gleaned from the four body cams that were on the scene. Officers got the driver and two and the two backseat passengers who were not wearing seatbelts out of the car and searched them. The front seat passenger lawfully refused to identify himself and remained in the car filming the incident with his cell phone. Okay, Lawfully refused to identify himself. During the search of the vehicle's occupants, an officer found a corner tear in one of the passenger's pockets. Police said that a corner cut or a corner tear is the corner of a plastic baggie and said that they are commonly a method for holding illegal drugs. I carry many of those tiny little plastic baggies with me everywhere, mostly because you guys always have me 3D printing tiny things. You're going to get me in trouble. You're going to get me in trouble one day. That's what's going to happen. But in this case, there was nothing left in the baggie, so one of the officers dropped it back on the seat of the car, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. So he looks at the baggie. There's nothing in it. He drops it back on the seat of the car. This is your trash. You can keep it. Body cam video showed the front seat passenger just filming, was filming, and turned around to ask the officer what he was doing. Hey, bro, what's that? The passenger asked. What's what? The officer said. I got you on camera, bro. Of course. You're always always bros. I got you on camera. I got you on camera. We're all good, the officer said. (laughs) It was just a piece of a plastic baggie and a lighter on the seat of the car, according to the video. 
So the guy's accusing the officer of throwing drugs into the car. I guess he didn't see the officer pick the bag up from the car. So the officer is on camera telling this guy what happened and explaining it. But, of course, the video goes viral that the cops are planting drugs. Now, for the record, this does happen. There are departments that have been caught planting drugs on people. It happens. Baltimore had two officers in the span of a month do it on camera. They tried to do it when their their body camera wasn't recording, and they forgot that their body camera, like, backdate several seconds and actually caught them doing it. Two different officers in the Baltimore PD did that, like, a year ago. So it does happen. But it didn't happen here. So the driver received a citation for speeding before everything was finished. Nobody was arrested. So you have the traffic stop. Nobody is charged with drug possession. Nobody is is arrested or anything like that. There's a simple speeding, speeding citation and all of that. But the video goes viral for the police officer trying to plant drugs. But nobody was charged with the drugs he planted. And I'm sure that they, they justified this, the, the passenger justified this, but well, we exposed him, of course he wasn't going to charge us. We exposed him for planting evidence, but that's not actually what happened. So they released the body cam footage, which clearly showed that the baggie was in the car. They pulled the baggie up and put the bag back because there was no drugs in the bag. Whether there was drugs or not, we don't know. The officer looked at it. There wasn't anything in there. Gave him his trash back. That's all it was. But, of course, it went viral because everybody wants to believe that police officers are doing this. When it does legitimately happen, those officers have to be held accountable. And kudos to the police department, by the way, for releasing the the footage as fast as they did. And they said they're still going through the other six hours of footage that they have from the other officers who were on scene. Why so many officers were, were on scene for this particular stop? I don't know. Maybe Caledonia, Wisconsin is a very boring place and they didn't have anything else to do. I'm not sure. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of officers for a simple speeding thing. And it's only 63 and a 45. He's not even going 20 miles over the speed limit, which, again, let's be honest, 63 to 45, they should have let him go. But they wanted to stop him, right? They wanted to be sticklers to the rules. That's fine. So, again, I know I'm tweaking a lot of you, and it's it's funny because, you know, speed limits are subjective. <laughs> they're, they're so dumb. Speed limits, for the most part, are just ridiculous. But anyway, it's a 45. They went 63. They got the speeding ticket, but... The whole effort by the passengers to go in and say that the officers are trying to frame them and all of that stuff. No, they weren't. So they released it. And over the past several weeks, we've had numerous cases where officers have been accused of doing something. And the moment they release the body cam footage, we end up finding out, oh, it's all a complete lie. Except for that one guy. Was he in uh, He was in Minnesota, right? That representative in Minnesota. He claimed the body cam footage of him uh, acting like an idiot when he was trying to claim that he was racially profiled when he was stopped. He tried to claim that the body cam footage was a deep fake. He was, he's an elected representative of the people of Minnesota, don't you know? So that's, that's always a good one. Um, and then as he kept making noise about it, his old domestic violence stuff came out. It's almost like you don't want to lie about police officers when they have access to your criminal record or something. <laughs> Just, maybe you don't do that. They have access to your criminal records. Maybe you don't go go on uh, national television and accuse them of being racist and profiling you because all of your old legal stuff might just come out. Not that it's going to matter. The district he, he's in, he's still going to get reelected anyway, even if he, uh, he did commit domestic violence several years ago. So, like I said, just I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just, you know, criminals are dumb. I don't know. Maybe they're hoping that the body cameras aren't on, but 
these body cameras are saving a lot of officers a lot of headaches. So please keep it on. And the departments that don't have them, for the love of God, get them. I understand your concerns about the additional headaches that could come with a situation where the camera's not on. I get that. I really do. But I think more often than not, it's going to save you a headache. Imagine what could have potentially happened legally if they filed a claim and it was a whole lawsuit because the department just settles because police chiefs around the country have decided they're going to be weak and they're going to be pathetic and they're not going to defend their officers and they're just going to do whatever is the the least expensive thing that they assume is the least expensive thing and they're just going to settle out of court because that'll be less dollars than actually going to trial and potentially losing a civil rights case in which could cost them a lot more money. But at the end of the day, you have more cases to deal with, more settlements, which add up to the big dollar, big dollar ones anyway. And you're just providing a forum and an opportunity for people to frivolously sue the, law, the, the police department and get those, get those settlements. It's something that we've seen all over the country. It's become epidemic. And police departments don't fight any of this anymore. Even when their officers do, do good things. So occasionally, you're able to release a body camera uh, video that, that exonerates your police department and your officers, and the case goes away. Sometimes it doesn't, but most times it actually does. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm Brooklyn Beatty. I'm John Zimney. Details on that. And the National Weather Service making big changes to their severe thunderstorm warnings. First thing Tuesday morning on 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Don't forget, we're broadcasting live in video on rumble.com slash Casey the host. It is Monday. That's what they tell me anyway. It is Monday, right? Yep, Monday. <clears throat> Even though other people in this building that were supposed to be here are not here. It is Monday. And it is Milton Monday. So here's Milton Friedman. He was uh, doing a, a lecture. He got a question from a doctor. I want you to listen to this exchange. Dr. Friedman, I'm fascinated by your question or your statement that uh, licensure is something that has been a uh, uh, harmful effect, in, especially in the area of medicine. I think this probably comes as a bit of a shocker to uh, most of us. What do you... Um, uh, answer the uh, particular problem which relates to control, say, of quackery, of uh, inadequately trained individuals who are dealing with situations where vital decisions, of okay. course, don't have the option for uh, the normal slow process of uh, people getting education, finding out what goes on during that particular period, and how do you uh, worry about all, that? Sure, you should worry about that. Let me ask you first a very simple question. How many people do you know who pick their physician by opening the yellow pages, taking all the licensed physicians, taking a pin and sticking it in? Some, quite a number, I would suspect, might. <laughs> no, I, maybe. I don't know very many of those. My point is that having a license is no assurance of the ability to practice medicine. A man was licensed 30 years ago. He may be thoroughly incompetent now. So licensure is no assurance of quality. In the next place, we have lots of other assurances of quality. The fact that a man may offer himself as a physician doesn't mean that he can mis misrepresent his training. If I hang out a shingle saying I am a graduate of the Harvard Medical School when I am not, well, then I ought to be sent to jail, and I should be sued for fraud and misrepresentation. So that there's nothing about the absence of licensure that makes it unnecessary for people to be able to demonstrate their capacities. And indeed, you would be more inclined under that kind of a system to look at what an individual's qualifications were. We don't require licensure for lots of skilled professions. We don't require licensure in most states for an architect. Yet very few architects are able to practice successfully without having good training. In the next place, 
the way in which you, we, most of us, and this is why I link this discussion to the Mayo Clinic, the way in which we, most of us, get assurance of quality about anything. It's not because we directly can judge. If I go buy a shirt at the store, I can't judge the quality of a shirt. If I buy an automobile, I can't judge the quality of the automobile. We get our assurance from the middleman, from the department store, which stands in back of the shirt, and which has a strong incentive to provide me with good shirts. From the dealer who wants to stay in business for a long time selling cars, has an incentive to provide a assurance of quality. People who come to Mayo's get their assurance of quality from the fact that Mayo Clinic has a very strong incentive to choose able, well-trained physicians. In the absence of, the of licensure and the restriction on entries that accompanied it, you would have had a much greater development of hospital group practice of this kind which would have provided a very much more effective technique of selection of quality of medicine. Next, the fact that you have had licensure has made it less, much more difficult over decades to eliminate low quality practice. As you know, only in recent years you have had a spate of medical malpractice suits. One of the main reasons why you didn't have many more of them earlier was because the American Medical Association had a concerted uh, policy of making it extremely difficult. Physicians who were willing to testify in such cases found that they lost their hospital credentials. Now you come, why is licensure so essential? Because it is the key to the power of organized medicine. Without it, they would have no power to do harm. They would have lots of power to do good, but no power to do harm. Why is that the key? Because the key to the control of medicine starts with who is admitted to practice. Now, you cannot do it at the stage of licensure itself. If a man has gotten through medical school, if he is interned and so on, it's going to be very hard ultimately to deny him a, 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 a license. He's going to take the exam over and over again. If you want to control entry, and don't make any mistake about this, the evidence is overwhelming that there was a deliberate policy on the part of the medical association in the 1930s to keep down the number of physicians. That policy has changed in recent years for various reasons, but it was a policy for a long time. The most effective way to do it is to, at the, before people start going into medical schools. And licensure was a key to this because the licensure laws in almost every state, as a result of the, of the pressure of the organized medicine, require that nobody may be licensed who is not a graduate of an approved medical school. And by some strange accident, the list of approved schools in every state is identical with the list of schools approved by the Council on Medical Education and Hospitals of the American Medical Association. And I can go down the line, a long line, and you will discover every time you look at this that the key element is licensure. Now, moreover, licensure is critical to preventing the unauthorized practice of medicine. You and I know, and many of us know, that there are many medical uh, practices which can perfectly well be carried out by people who do not have the full training. People who are uh, medical technicians. There has been some increasing use of them in recent years. But one of the main factors that has prevented a more effective use of medical technicians, a more effective use of the physicians, has been the definition of what is medical practice and what is unauthorized. You've started me on a subject on which I could go a long time, but perhaps I've said enough to suggest that it isn't quite as simple as it may seem at the outside. All right. That is Milton Friedman. Now, again, you know, obviously most of you 
forgot what he was talking about, but this has been a debate on this show for a long time. Is Many of you who have credentials and various things believe that you have to have credentials to do those things. And probably not the case. I have been in fields where you have to have credentials. And I have seen people with those credentials really suck at their job. And I've seen other people without those credentials be really good at that particular work. I used to joke about this all the time. It's, it's a running gag, and at least it was when I was in information technology. Maybe it is still now. Um, every time we had a new hire that would come on and we'd ask, oh, okay, what certifications do you have? And they'd be like, oh, I don't have any, but I've got a, a bachelor's degree or whatever it is. And we'd laugh hysterically at them. Now, this is a person who went to school for four years for information technology, and they are completely unqualified for the job. So they're in debt. They don't have any of the certifications that they need. They didn't know basic rudimentary things. This happened to us three different times with hires with bachelor's degrees because we had a new hiring manager that decided that everybody had to have a bachelor's degree to work with us. Didn't make any sense because going to college for information technology rarely provides you an education in information technology because most of your time at college when you get that degree is not in that field. And they would come out without any certification, so they didn't have even the basic A-plus certifications or the CompTIAs or any of that stuff. And, of course, they're demanding huge salaries because, well, they went to college and they have a bachelor's degree in college. But, you know, give them a basic entry-level test as they were coming in. Okay, you got to be able to fix these problems. Usually give them a software and a hardware test. Fix this problem on your own within a certain period of time, and you will either prove that you are qualified to work with us or not. They all failed. Now, how is it the people who, who would do this went to school for four years, got a bachelor's degree, but didn't get any of the certifications for some reason? The school doesn't help them with that. And they would come in, and they couldn't solve a basic entry-level problem with somebody's computer or network. And yet, teenager off of the street. True story. Teenager off of the street comes out. Didn't have any credentials for, for college or anything like that. Had their A-plus certification, which they did on their own, on their own, passed the test. And how many of you have gone to a doctor who, frankly, just sucked guts? They were terrible. I have. Josh, you've been to a bad doctor before? Josh has been to a bad doctor. It's not possible for there to be a bad doctor, though, because there's licenses and certifications. It's not possible. I watch Dr. Pimple Popper all the time. You know how many, there's people who always go and see her. And I don't know if this is a part of the script, but there's always people who go to see her. I've seen doctors my whole life and they won't fix this one piler cyst on my forehead. Sure. I don't believe it necessarily, but I suppose it's possible there's some doctors out there who can't do a simple piler cyst extraction, which doesn't take any effort. I could do a piler cyst extraction. It ain't going to be pretty, <laughs> but I could do it without killing somebody. And that was kind of the point that Milton was making. You know, you can have education. You've got to teach them how to do these sort of things. But truth be told, in the medical field, there's no certainty that being licensed is going to be mean that you're a good doctor, you're good at your job. I mean, I jokingly wrote on the live stream today that this is Milton Friedman decades ago talking about Dr. Fauci. Just because Dr. Fauci has credentials doesn't mean he knows what he's talking about all the time. This is a guy who's been consistently wrong about major pandemic issues that the globe has faced over and over and over again for a number of decades now. Probably most egregiously COVID, second most egregiously HIV and AIDS. And yet, he's worshipped. 
Isn't it an interesting when you look at this? And I know there's some people I've I've had this argument too about oh you have to be licensed to cut hair. That's so stupid. I'm sorry, that's dumb. Casey, you can hurt people. Yeah, and if you hurt people, guess who's not going to have a job in that field anymore? <laughs> I'm not saying that you don't need to have the training or go to school. I think you should have to go to beauty school. I think you should have to go to medical school. But why do you need to get recertified every single year? There is one answer to that and one answer only. Money and control. It was the same thing in the field that I was in when I did pest control. Had I Here's the thing. In many states... Your bug guy that comes to your house has more education than your elitists in society have. They have to go to biology and entomology and chemistry. They have to pass tests on it every single year. Then they've got to do all their laws and regulations when the Department of Agriculture. Oftentimes, they have more high-level scientific training than any of you do. But they're treated as just the bug guy, and they don't get paid very much. That's stupid. That's dumb. And a lot of people who, who are your bug guy aren't very good at what they do. They can pass the test, and there are others who are very good at what they do. But the certification, the licenses, don't mean anything. That's the point that he was making. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Henderson. I can always tell you, it was funny telling people that they wasted all their money and time when they got a bachelor's degree in information technology. <laughs> It was always funny telling them that, but occasionally you got somebody who came out of college and knew what they were doing, usually because they were passionate about it before they went in. Uh, The ACLU, the Second Amendment is inherently racist. Now, this is is always a fun one because the Second Amendment is is the, the great equalizer. That's the thing. When the Second Amendment is applied to everybody, then it's not racist. Now, when you when you lie and you make the Second Amendment only applicable to a certain racial demographic, as was done, then it's racist. But the Second Amendment is also one of the reasons that uh, freedmen were able to protect themselves right away from people who would try and kidnap them and take them back to the South before slavery was abolished. Freedmen would be able to go... Uh, Freedmen and then, of course, free blacks in the North would be able to protect themselves from that. And so the Second Amendment wasn't racist in those circumstances. But, of course, the ACLU, they have a, apparently the ACLU has a podcast. I mean, that's interesting, I guess. Um, Another story with the ACLU, because I'm going to rip on the ACLU here. Um, Another story with the ACLU is that the ACLU is defending a Trump supporter for their yard signs that say F. Biden. So it does happen occasionally. They will actually help with free speech. Uh, anyway, they had some guests on who argued the Second Amendment is an outlier in the Bill of Rights and claimed that it was enshrined as a right to bribe the South to not undermine the U.S. and the Constitution. That is not at all why the Second Amendment is there. And anybody who knew anything about the Federalist Papers would know that. They're, these are two historians who are on the ACLU's podcast talking about the Second Amendment is only an outlier. It is really not, it's really not important. And it was only there as a bribe to the South. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't have enough time to go into great detail on this. So read the story, have fun with it. It's, it's obviously silly and nonsense. And if you read the Federalist Papers, you'll understand that. The Federalist Papers are an explanation of the Constitution and why the amendments in the Constitution are what they are uh, and what they mean. It's imperative that people read that. But unfortunately, they don't want to teach that anymore. And I've, I've told the story many, many times. Uh, I had a government teacher invite me to, uh, to the class to witness all of this, and they were forbidden from teaching the Articles of Confederation, and they were threatened with their job at one point if they taught the Articles of Confederation, which, of course, is instrumental to understanding the Constitution. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Oh, by the way, we went over this during the uh, commercial break there, but a bunch of a bunch of experts have weighed in on how there's absolutely no evidence for the ACLU's assertion. And the ACLU wasn't making that assertion, but they had two historians, <laughs> two historians on to make that claim. And look, as I've told you and other people have told you, the last time we told anybody they didn't have a right to own firearms, those were oppressed people. So anytime somebody comes up to you, like Joe Biden, anytime somebody comes up to you and says, you don't have a right to own a firearm, you got to think back into history. Like, okay, the couple of times that we've told people they didn't have a right to own a firearm, we we did some pretty brutal stuff as a country to those folks, didn't we? So what do you think is going to happen the next time? And I didn't get to this last week, and I... I meant to pull the audio over the weekend, but honestly, I, I just forgot. You know, did you catch Joe Biden at the CNN town hall that nobody watched, by the way? The CNN town hall that had Joe Biden on it, not only was it gaff prone, I can't wait to cut up a bunch of those gaffes and put them in, in a video. Not only was it gaff prone, it was the lowest rated cable anything. <laughs> nobody, nobody watched it. So it was probably a good thing that nobody watched it because Joe Biden said some really bizarre stuff and Don Lemon had to do his best to cover Joe Biden's tracks when Joe Biden was going off the rails. He didn't do anything quite as crazy as walking out and saying that he's just had his bum wiped, uh, but it was pretty bad when he was at the CNN town hall. But he, he did let loose one example that I just want to take this moment to remind all of you Republicans who voted against Trump who said, nobody's coming for your guns, how utterly stupid and pathetic you are as a human being. Joe Biden said he wants to ban anything that is semi-automatic. And he doesn't care if it's a 9mm or if it's a 5.56 or whatever. He doesn't care. He wants to ban everything that's semi-automatic. He said that at the CNN town hall. And I meant to play the audio of that last week, and I just I forgot it. Sorry. Fridays got busy. We were packed phone lines and I spaced on doing it. But that's what he said. And we have been telling you for a long time, the goal is to get rid of semi-automatic fire, semi-automatic firearms. It has nothing to do with rifles. It has nothing to do with AR-15s. They want everything. They're just starting there. And as I told you before, once you realize that the murder rate's not going to go down when you ban AR-15s and, and that sort of thing, because they don't actually kill that many people every year, few hundred, that's it. And that's all rifles combined, including hunting rifles. Once you realize that that's not going to work, then they're going to come for your, your handguns, and they're going to come for all the semi-automatic firearms. And they're going to make the same arguments they always make, which are inaccurate historically, that 
There were no semi-automatic firearms back in the uh, the Founding Fathers' day. Yes, there were, actually. There were semi-automatic firearms back then, but, but they will tell you that there weren't. And while we can modify the First Amendment for the Internet, we can't modify the Second Amendment for modern firearms and, and equipment. Can't do any of that. All right, folks, Bill O'Reilly is coming up next. Make sure you go to my website, theburningtruth.us. Sign up to get notifications of new publishes, uh, new posts being published on the website, too. And, of course, subscribe, rumble.com slash Casey, the host.